they get you to sign waivers and they tell you, you know, this could all go horribly wrong and you could have nerve damage and whatever. But you really don't think much about it. No. I sign those waivers all the time. Every time I accept, like, a new version of iOS, I I accept the possibility of nerve damage. This version of iOS could cause (laughs) you to lose all feeling in your face. Sign here. Click here. Agree. Hello. Hello, Matt. Hey, Jody. How are you? I'm doing well. I was just enjoying the uh, not so noisy waveform on my on my robot. What's what's different? Well, you know, I got I got all my sound baffling up now. I got all my books in place around my computer, so you can't hear the fan anymore. <laughs> okay. It's just great. It's great not to see it all jumbled jumbled up in there when I'm not saying anything. I was enjoying the um, this this gray rainy Saturday morning. Yeah, not so sunny for the Sunshine State today. Right, which I appreciate. I think that the Sunshine State really overdoes it sometimes. Oh, and, certainly. Yeah. You you also said a word in there which was uh, notable, I think. This is our first ever recording before noon. That's that's accurate as far as I know. Yeah, this is our first AM podcast. I think this might... I don't know. I think there might be a noticeable difference <laughs> between AM podcasting and PM podcasting. But yeah, you know what? Probably. When this thing gets really off the ground, you know, when the whole network takes off, let's face it, uh, we're going to have to record some AM podcasts. Sure. You know, our skills are going to be in high demand. We're going to have to appear on a lot of different shows. I'm sure the sponsors would demand it. Yes. Right. That actually, <laughs> that's actually a pretty good segue, uh, Jody. You know, we, we mentioned something a couple of shows ago uh, vis-a-vis sponsorships. Yeah. Has anybody said anything to you about that? Not, not, not that I remember, no. You were talking about Talking about trying to con what? Not no, con is the wrong word. Oh yeah, it wasn't. No, it's not sleazy. It was all above board. Okay, go on. Uh, so I was wondering if people would be willing to um, <laughs> install a browser extension, <laughs> which would give us Amazon kickbacks and kickbacks from other shops as they bought stuff. In they Soviet to- Russia, browser extends you. Yes, yes. Uh, you know the people's browser. Um, so, that's still uh, Firefox, right? Huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Chrome. I think it is. Um, no, it's not Chrome. It, Chrome is probably more popular, but as far as, yeah, for the people, I think Firefox has it. Anyway, ugh, getting too geeky already. Oh my gosh. Um, I know. I know. Computer yeah, jokes. So Everybody loves the, it when we start with computer jokes. Yeah. Lead in with uh, the open source jargon. But no, I, I, I've heard absolutely nothing about the. Yeah, the browser extension business, and we've left it out there a little while. Two two episodes. Yeah, we've had so much feedback in the last couple of weeks, and and nobody's commented on this. So if you um, <laughs> yeah, we screwed up and actually made a good episode. Yeah, that was a mistake, oh, well. Jody. Yeah, we're total gonna pay mis- for that. Total mistake. We'll make up for it this week. Yeah, <laughs> promise. <laughs> okay. So all right. So so listeners. Final time. Uh, we're gonna ask if if you think that it's creepy or sleazy. You should let us know, but uh, otherwise, Jody may be asking you to install a browser extension, whatever that is. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Moving on. Let's see. What do we got? We got a lot of follow-up this week. We got a lot, oh, ton of follow-up, you know, and we're just getting started with the fake follow-up even, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead. Start us off with some double F-U. Okay. Um, I, uh, I've been trying to cook more. I mean, okay. this, you know, this ties in with with my fear of fear of children fear of having children but so let's I'm not trying get, to, let's I'm not get ahead hone, of ourselves yeah I'm trying to hone my taco process hmm um, and so for the first time I <laughs> cut myself with a kitchen knife like pretty badly huh I, I didn't I didn't lose anything first time yeah first time I, I went right through my thumbnail into my into my thumb a bit Ooh. and you know that's that that nauseous feeling you get when you actually injure yourself yes and, and <laughs> like all of a sudden your head swimming and you're like oh i gotta sit down you know grab a paper towel put pressure on it and just go sit down with your head between your knees oh man that sucks i'm sorry jody yeah so i've got this weird giant hangnail with uh 
you know, an injury underneath it now, basically, is, is, is what it comes down to. Okay. And so... I keep snagging it on stuff. The cat trips me. I bang it into the wall. It started bleeding again. It's weird, you know, like I'm operating on one thumb. So. <laughs> Oh, I'm so sorry. You have to you have to struggle with this disability. Plus, you can't feel part of your tongue. I mean, jeez. Yeah. But more importantly, what are you trying to change about your taco process? You know, I want to get the cabbage sliced very, very finely. That's what I was going for. Huh. But I have to let that constraint go a little bit when I get toward the end of the head of cabbage, where my fingers live. When you get toward the thumbnail. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> um, so... You know, like I said, still refining, working, working, working on the tacos. Um, Have you thought about using a mandolin or something like that? Uh, no, no. Uh, I actually had a mandolin at one point, but I never used it. My wife never used it, and she was the one who like asked for it for Christmas or something. Mm-hmm. And huh, while it, it's probably safer during food prep, but boy, that thing scared me. I never wanted to touch it or clean it. Yeah. You know, like I just I saw those blades and it's like, well, ooh, no, I'm not getting near that thing. Yeah, you know, my mom, I think my sister got a mandolin for my mom for a Christmas present. And my mom was excited about it. My mom's a good cook. And she, she is. was yeah. And and I don't know what she was preparing, but she was using her mandolin and she uh, and she sliced the tip of her finger off. Ooh. Because you know, if you're holding the head of cabbage or whatever, <laughs> as it gets as the cabbage gets thinner, your fingers get closer and closer to that blade. Yeah. And if you're just going fast, slick, 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 you know, <laughs> oh. just oh, give me the willies. Yeah. So it sliced the tip of her finger off. And then, of course, my sister felt quite guilty not for just not for getting her the mandolin, but because the like the one accessory that they recommend you get with the mandolin is this chainmail glove thing that prevents you from slicing your fingers off. I see. I see. And my well, sister decided not to get that. <laughs> yeah, I think mine came with this little uh, plastic cup guard thing that you're supposed uh-huh. to put the cabbage into and then run it over the blades. But I'm yeah. sure nobody does that. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. All right. So yeah. Slicing the cabbage a bit fine. All right. Yeah. So, but uh, in 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 more uplifting news, um, mm-hmm. which doesn't seem so at first, I got rid of my golf cart. Oh, you did? You already got rid of it? Yeah. Yeah. It's gone. Um, oh, and the the thing is, the uh, the friends that I gave it to, um, it's uh, it's nobody nobody you know, but um, somebody that my my wife and I have have gotten to be pretty good friends with over the past couple of years mm-hmm. uh they've already fixed it they've already got it running they're already you know taking it around and going to places around the neighborhood and and you know going to the pharmacy and stuff with it so they're, they're <laughs> really do i guess they're really happy with it and there's a uh the tiny uh mean selfish part of me is a little bit mad that it was so easy to get running again because it, it hadn't run in uh, in a few years uh-huh so I'm like, well, geez, I thought it needed a new, a new motor and rewiring, and apparently all it needed was some new batteries. I could have done that. I should have kept it. Yeah. Uh, but most of me is just really glad that uh, that it's uh, it's getting used and uh, that our sure. friends like it so much. Well, you know, new batteries are not inexpensive. I mean, it's probably a couple hundred bucks worth of batteries, right? No, it wasn't. It was like more like a hundred. Uh, now I can't remember where they went, but they got like blemish batteries, like. Uh, <laughs> Scratch and dent batteries? Really? That's a thing? I didn't, know, I didn't know it was a thing, but I guess there's you can go to like the interstate dealership or something, and, and yeah. there's, a, like a, there's a scratch and dent section. Like a dented can of beans? And, yeah. Yeah. So they got huh. them for like half price. All right. All right. That's enough golf cart talk. <laughs> uh, so I've got a little bit more geekiness. Go ahead. I'm trying to make the feed a little bit more bulletproof, trying to be able to keep myself from... Uh, from messing up the times as I did before, so I've. Okay. Uh, so this is the meta podcast section. Of yes, the podcast. exactly. So I've got okay. the, I've got the feed up on GitHub now. So we'll have a complete historical versioning history of this thing. Should we ever, you know, <laughs> need to go back and see it as it was in the state, you know, of now, hmm. from from now until going forward, or you know, well, compare the differences or whatever. 
really what you're doing is you're doing the heavy lifting for the historians of the future. Exactly. Who, who will who will come back and want to know how AOYT evolved into such a juggernaut. Exactly. So I'm, pu- I'm putting the look murals on the wall. I'm putting the cave... Well, now it's more like cave drawings, I guess. Yeah. But they'll, they'll, it'll grow into a mural eventually. So. Yeah, you know, okay, cool. I don't actually understand what what you're talking about, but but sure. Um, I'm all about cave paintings. <laughs> talking about the juggernaut that AOIT will inevitably become, I, I think this is a good time to mention the new shows that are coming. Yeah, yeah. I mean... In the, in, in the future, I will just be, you know, a more lock with a text editor, and, and you're, you're going to have uh, a bunch of new shows, right? Well, you know, okay, so we, we've talked about this before, and it's been, you know, it's all been tongue-in-cheek and such, but the idea of, okay, we have one show, we have, we have at least you're trying, but we both, we both, uh, at least in the abstract, love the idea of a podcast network, and we're both, you know, uh, avid appreciators of at least one other podcast network, and and we've talked before about the idea of there being a Good Times podcast network <laughs> or Good Time. What do we call it? Good Times Radio. Good or Times Radio like Network. That? I think we. The Good Times Radio Network, right? You're right. GTRN. But of course, to have a radio network, you need more than one. Sorry. <laughs> to, to, to have a podcast network, you need more than one podcast. So the other ideas that have been floated are there are three, as far as I know, three that I think are viable, and um, we just need to apply the right pressure to the right people to make them happen. Okay. So there's there's the podcast. Hey, you're gonna call them out I, now. All right, good. Yeah, we're gonna start with that. Okay. We, so we were both at we were both at Pat's Halloween party last night, and um, and it was awesome. I th- it was. It was. That was a good time. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we we talked before about having Pat do a show about music, where sometimes he plays music, sometimes he talks about music, and it's just it's just the podcast. I don't know, maybe a thirty minute weekly show. He could record that on his own. He could have guests when he wants to have guests or not. You know, I think the podcast has possibilities, and I I think a show about music would would fit right in on the Good Times Radio Network. And then, obviously, there's the show Storytime with Ski. Yeah, yeah. This one might not have a regular schedule to it, uh, which which could you know hurt it for sponsors. But it would definitely be a good back catalog to have, certainly. Yeah, absolutely. I I think we just gotta. So the the big the big obstacle for that show for the Storytime with Ski podcast is that well, Ski he keeps saying every time we mention it to him that if we put a microphone in front of him, he's gonna clam up and get all all stuttery and and awkward yeah we might need a mobile rig for him it's also gonna uh be hard to make him sit still in front of a microphone for any length of time even if he is talking yeah i think all wireless headset we we might have to go madonna style on that (laughs) nice (laughs) because that's an old reference Uh, who wears headsets these days i don't know miley cyrus yeah that's the sort of thing where i think it might have to be recorded when he's actually telling a story to his friends, like at parties. Like we, we're gonna have to get episodes in the can at parties. I don't know. The logistics are a little are a little tricky. But if we can, if we can not trick him, but if he can just figure out how to trick himself into thinking he's just telling a story to friends, the way he normally tells stories, yeah, <laughs> then yeah. the show will be amazing. That's true. I don't know. I guess I could call him out and say if I can convince myself to do our, our last episode on kids, then he, he should be Ooh. able to trick himself into, into doing this. Wow. Okay. All right. You heard it here first, first <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Okay. All right. And then the final show concept that we've talked about before was uh, my other show, The Skeptic Show, where basically I talk about how to, how to be a skeptic and a rationalist and, and talk to people who have slightly different worldviews without being a dick. And you know, it's not something I'm always super good at. I, I, I don't always do that well, but I think that, that maybe there's interesting conversations to be had around that. Well, that show is, is on the cusp of, of happening. Like That show could be recorded pretty soon. So uh, yeah, we were talking about that last night. It sounds uh, it sounds exciting. You've you've already picked a co-host, and it's not me. It's not you. But as as I did say on the show before, I I would like 
I would like to have you as a guest on at least one episode, one episode that I have in mind, but I mean, maybe multiple episodes uh, if you're, if you're open to that. But it, it occurred to me that the person who's always telling me I'm being a dick is, of course, my, my partner, my <laughs> wife. So she is actually the perfect, obvious co-host for the show because she's not what I would call a skeptic or a rationalist, but she is – she's very open to she's, – She's open to rationality? <laughs> she's the perfect co-host because she's not she, – she doesn't share my passion, let's put it that way, about the whole skeptic cause and the skeptical worldview and often feels like I'm being uh, – well, like I'm, I'm being a dick for, as she would put it, forcing my worldview on others who are, you know, maybe not so ready for it. And I, and I, of course, I think she's wrong. And I think that, that these things do matter and that holding the line against, uh, against pseudoscience and, you know, all forms of, of irrationality is it's, important. It's, it's worth uh, zealotry on your part. Yeah, yeah, to an extent. But I, and the the thing is it's going to be an interesting discussion and and we both have in the end we both have the same you know, we have the same ultimate goal which is I don't know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my god. There is no ultimate goal. There is no ultimate. Well, the ultimate the ultimate goal is I don't know, being a being a good person who who influences other people to be good and <laughs> useful um, by their presence in the world. I don't know. Ugh. That is terrible audio You're going right to have to work on that tagline. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. Uh, but no, I think it's a good idea for a show, and I, I think you should definitely keep moving with it. Yeah. We've got some notes. We, we've got notes on, on, I think, maybe three episodes. We're going to try to keep them short. Uh, I'm thinking it's maybe a 30-minute show, maybe even shorter. But uh, we're, we we pick one one idea or one topic or one situation and we just hit it and quit it. And I I, I say what I want to say about it. She tells me I'm being a dick, and then we come to some sort of resolution <laughs> <laughs> about uh, about how how to handle it like a gentleman without watering down the uh, the rationality or the science, but without. You know, without assaulting people or turning people off. There it because is. That, that's the pitch. That's, that's the opposite of what you want to do, right? Because then you're not helping anyone. So anyway, that show is going to be happening soon. It's really, really all we have to do is figure out how to record it, which is an equipment, an equipment thing. So, if anyone, um, anyone out there in listener land knows what, what soundboard. I should be considering to plug in two headsets and record a show in the same room. Go ahead and, and, and send us an email on that. Hey, hey, Jody, where would people send emails if they wanted to reach you and I here at the show? That is uh, alpha lima yankee tango dot show at gmail.com. We've discovered, however, that the, the robots aren't sharing that address very nicely. So yeah, it's weird. either Matt or I will we'll see it, but, <laughs> but not <both>. possibly not both. <laughs> Yeah, it's strange. If for some reason, if you see the email first, then I don't see it, and and possibly vice versa, which which neither of us understand. But that's not worth talking about. Okay, so Good Times Radio Network. What else we have? You've had a, you know, I didn't ask you about your week because last night we talked about it. I know you've had a tough week. So you you want to talk a little bit about your yeah. uh, your fire inspection uh, week? So I have a I have a house that I rent out and. Look at you, fancy landlord man. Yeah, not really. But it, it has come time to have the city fire inspection for it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I say that and most people look at me strangely like, who, you know, what's what city is this? Like, t you know. Yeah, I saw several people look at you strangely last night. <sighs> yeah, so <laughs> it just so happens that this house is located in a small city let, I guess. It's like a, a sub-city. Anyway, but it, it, you know, it's its own city. It's got uh, its own mm -hmm. codes and rules and stuff. And one of their things is if you're renting out your house, it has to pass a fire inspection. So, Fair enough, I guess. I failed my first one miserably. <laughs> and um, So you're not just a landlord. You're a slumlord. I'm a slumlord. Is what, is what yeah. you're saying. Uh, pretty much. So 
I knew there were some things that I was going to have to to fix as far as wiring went. Like my my dryer, the plug for my dryer was just kind of you know dangling there off of a off of a nail. Um, it wasn't it wasn't attached to anything. Um, you know, it was against the wall, but dangling yeah. against the wall. Well, it's only two hundred and forty volts or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah, not a big deal. Yeah. Not a not a problem. So you know, I knew that would that would be not good. But there was uh, some other surprising things, like uh, the windows have to stay open of their own accord in the bedrooms uh, huh. in case. That need... seems that seems nitpicky. I, it did to me too, and with uh, with all of the the trials I've had trying to find replacement parts for these old windows and actually get them installed myself. Ugh, it's just been it's just been crazy. And then I had the reinspection this past Friday afternoon and failed again. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm still a slumlord. I'm still officially a slumlord. Oh. Well what what was the um what was the failing offense? Or were, well, were there multiple? I, I was miss- it still window related? Well Yes. Yes and no. There was still one non-operational window because I I didn't get all the right bits in the right place Mm -hmm. until the day of the inspection. And I had just figured out how to do the pre-tensioning for the window balances. And uh, we Mm -hmm. were talking last night about what a nightmare those those window (laughs) balances are. Yeah, let's not get into that. Yeah, so... I'd finally figured out how to actually do it. And I I had the other window fixed within 10 minutes of the guy leaving the house, but... What I I also misread the the rule about the the ground fault interrupter fancy outlets that you need to have in the bathrooms in the kitchen. Sure. Right. So yeah, great. If there's an outlet there by a sink, it needs to be this you know GFI thing. GFI, in case, yeah. In case you drop the hair dryer in the sink, it doesn't electrocute you. Great. What I didn't get from that rule was that even I if, always blow dry my hair in the kitchen. Yes. Even if there's no outlet in a bathroom. Okay. You need to install one, and it has to be GFI. So this house is okay. of, a, of an that, age that... where it didn't come with outlets in the in the bathrooms. Right. Right, because what what do you need to do in the bathroom that requires electricity? Well, yeah, nothing. Right, nothing, nothing. Um, so I shave outside first of all. <laughs> like um, a gentleman. Right, because that way I don't have to sweep up. I just let it fall on the deck. I literally, okay, so this is a weird uh, aside, but I literally installed, I don't know if you've been over here uh, recently, but I installed a one of those telescoping shaving mirror things. Uh, I installed one on the outside of the house uh, on the back porch. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so that I could pull it out and, uh, you know, and when I when I push it in, it's it's not very noticeable. It's just on the side of the house but I pull it out and I could I shave there on the on the back deck because then I don't have to clean up it just all falls on the deck I might start doing that <laughs> that's not bad there you go <laughs> all right ladies and gentlemen uh, this is your life tip of the week shave outside <laughs> wow yeah you know I I had an old house well this is an old house the one I'm podcasting from right now but my old house in in Ybor City that I don't own anymore it didn't have any outlets in the bathroom and I installed one and because the walls were like two inch thick plaster and I didn't really want to mess with that I just I just brought the electricity up through the crawl space through the floor ah. and into the cabinet <laughs> like the vanity because there was a like I don't know. The flipper who sold the house to me had had lightly renovated the bathroom and put in a, uh, you know, like particle board uh, vanity thing. And I just cut a hole in that and installed it in the side of the vanity. Uh, but nice. I put a, you know, but it had a, it was a GFI and um, the electricity was inside and, you know, all, all, all properly conduited and uh, the conduit was attached to the inside of the cabinet and to the floor. And, you know, I did it. I, I did a good job, I thought. I, I don't know. I don't know if that would have passed inspection, but it wasn't that hard to do. Okay. Well, I don't have a crawl space to work with, but... Uh, right. Yeah. yeah, that's a major constraint. All right. So so you're saying that because your bathroom doesn't have an outlet, you're going to fail inspection until you install an outlet that is a GFI in the bathroom? Yep. That's nuts, dude. Yeah. 
yeah, it's a little nuts. And it, his point is is an okay point of if somebody wants to plug anything in, they're going to now run an extension cord to a, you know, a non-GFI outlet. I don't know. It's all very fiddly, but what are you going to do? Well, anyway, they're going to the do whatever they... Pretty cool. Yeah. Ugh. I don't know. I'm not sure how to feel about that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, okay, sure. So one solution to not having an outlet in the bathroom would be running an extension cord from another room. And some people might do that. And, and I guess there is a, a non-zero probability of someone electrocuting themselves because of that. But what what appliances are people running in the bathroom? I mean, let's try to think like the fairer sex. We've got hair dryers, obviously, but those have GFIs built into the plugs. Oh yeah, they do. Okay, I don't so know, that's curling iron. Does a curling iron do it, or a straightener? Yeah, that was going to be my next my next one. So the the hair straightener or, or flat iron thing. I, I I know my partner has one of those. I don't think I'm not sure if it has a GFI plug. I don't think it does. But I'm also not sure if it pulls enough amps to, like, really, you know, <laughs> to, to really electrocute you in the bathtub. Yeah, it, pro- it probably does. I don't know. All right. Well, All right, so I, I'm not up to code, listeners. You're not, I, you're not I up to code. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're going to get emails, Jerry. And especially, I, I got a lot of help with, uh, with some of the fixes um, from the Canonical listeners. So, definite uh, big thank you there for that. Yeah, the other night at the um, uh, Sunday school, he was telling me about uh, the travails with the, the switch plug thing in, I guess it was the kitchen. No, that's the, the, kitchen? the second bathroom. So That's the second bathroom, I was, okay. I was trying Ooh, to, to, to give an outlet bathrooms. in one bathroom. Okay. Uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, he was telling me about the, um, you know, trying to put wire a into slot b and the, the like he could make the he could make the plug work or he could make the switch work but they wouldn't both work yeah. or something yeah i don't know and that but he finally wire figured it out a ground he was... wire i don't know what it is but it's not a ground wire yeah none of your outlets are grounded apparently nope, Jerry. nope. yeah it does not surprise me gotta love old temple houses. Terrace house yeah yeah temple Terrace house of a certain age those grounds are all fake <laughs> all right well moving on i guess that takes care of the fake follow-up yeah, I think it does. Do we want to uh, – so I guess by taking care of the fake follow-up, we've been putting off the actual follow-up. Just like we did the the actual show. Yeah, yeah. So well, that was another version of the tease. I guess it's time. So we, we did get a lot, like a lot, of feedback from the last episode, the kids' episode. Yeah, it was, and most of it was awesome. So thanks, everybody, for uh, – you know, advice and kind words. Yeah, absolutely. We 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 totally appreciate that sincerely. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm glad people enjoyed it. People liked the the general the general sense I have that the you know broad strokes of the feedback was that you know people appreciated that it was it was a, a very personal topic, uh, very sensitive, and that we were open and honest and and talked about some things that that made us a little bit uncomfortable. And and you know to, and to the listeners, thank you for thank you for commenting on that because it you know it wasn't uh, <laughs> it wasn't necessarily an easy thing to do, but um, but but you know we we did it anyway. What did you what did you take away besides that besides the attaboys from the listeners? What did you what did you take away from the feedback? Um, that they they heard 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 my concerns. And sometimes it seemed like they were trying to talk me out of them, which I yeah. understand, and is is really not possible to do. <laughs> but uh, sure. what they did do was at least give me a little more hmm, encouragement to frame them in a way that just just to where I can talk myself down a little bit. Like, okay, you know, if right, it really is, yeah, you know. You're worried about what to feed your kid. Well, you know, it's really not going to be a problem. And here's, you know, here's why. Here's how. Here's how it's going to work out. You know, here's here's some some pieces you're missing. So that was that was really helpful for me. I w- yeah, I would say the second theme running through all the feedback was basically stop worrying so much. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good way to sum it up. 
It, it, yeah, if you wanted to sum it up, the first theme was, you know, uh, thanks for being uh, so open and honest. And the second one was, you know, just just relax. <laughs> Stop worrying so much. There were, there were and, and you mentioned the food thing. There were a number of people who commented specifically uh, about that. And, you know, although to your point about not being talked out of your concerns, uh, here's here's one bit of feedback from a listener. It says, as for feeding them right, you will try your best to do that, but you do end up feeding them what you would normally eat. I like that one. Well, you said yourself that your diet is kind of sketchy. <laughs> yeah. So but, if you're going to feed them what you normally eat. Yeah. But that's why I'm working on my taco recipe, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to include a bit less thumb meat in exactly. your tacos in the future, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, 86th of thumb. Yeah. 86th the thumb. Uh, we need the chain mail with the mandolin. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. And there was – let's see. Who else commented about food? Oh, another another listener who, of course, is, a, is an actual mother said that her kid – would basically eat nothing for two years, would eat nothing but mac and cheese and hot dogs. Yeah. And that she, she according to her, her letter here, she actually, she gave in. Yeah, she rolled with it. She rolled with it. She fed him mac and cheese and hot dogs because otherwise he wasn't eating. You know, it hadn't occurred to me that a kid would just not eat because, you know, they're going to be hungry, right? You would think so. I don't know. I was kind of picky as a kid. I would not eat stuff. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to deal with that as a parent. I just want. I want to, you know, make good stuff and have them eat it. We had a growing up. There were a couple of rules about food. I remember. I I know that at dinner time. You know, it's weird. I remember dinner time as a kid, but I don't remember lunch time or breakfast time at all. I guess because those are that school time. Yeah. But I like I don't remember having lunch on weekends and I don't remember having breakfasts uh really except like very occasionally maybe you know mom would make french toast or something. It's just weird how the my my recollection of lunches and breakfasts are so hazy, but I have all these clear memories around dinner time. It's it's just it's just funny. But anyway, I, the dinner time rule was I had to I didn't have to eat everything on my plate. But I had to try everything on my plate. All right. I don't know. Maybe my maybe when my mom. I think she's working her way through the uh, through the episodes. I know she's listening, but I I don't think she's up to. I don't think she's up to date with our show. But when she gets to this episode, maybe she will. Uh, <laughs> maybe she will remind me what the rule was. I'm not sure if if I tried everything, I was eligible to have dessert. Or if I had to not just try, but but finish everything to get dessert. Ah, I see. I, I can't remember. Okay. I can't remember. I think if I tried everything, I could have dessert, even if I didn't eat it all. But I had to make a, I had to make a uh, at least sincere effort to try, like a forkful of everything. Did you have any dinnertime rules like that? Not really. I had. Uh, I remember pressure, especially from my grandparents, to eat everything on the plate. Mm-hmm. Which I would often not do. Yeah. But I remember uh, becoming a uh, a teenager, early teenager, and and starting to you know grow four inches in height over a couple of months in the summer. <laughs> and sure. all of a sudden, I was hungry all the time, and I I just couldn't put enough food in my face. And at that point, all of the pickiness went right out the window. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I was trying foods I'd never tried before. I just didn't care anymore. I was stacking pizza slices one on top of the other. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I definitely had a I had a growth spurt as well, but I don't remember it affecting my eating very much. It must have done. I, you know, I, I don't – I'm not sure what I used to eat. I don't remember – I don't remember that much about food when I was a kid. <laughs> So it can't have been a problem, right? I guess, you know, okay, so to get back to the, the, the topic that we're dancing around, I mean, this uh, is – what everybody's telling us and what we're telling ourselves with our own memories is that this is essentially self-regulating. This is going to take care of itself. Yeah. I think. 
You know, it's not that you shouldn't be concerned. And I don't think anyone was dismissive of your concern about food, but it's the sort of thing that's gonna, it's gonna work itself out. You're gonna eat. You're going to feed the kid. Uh, one of the mothers who commented said that she – I guess she was talking about maybe eating out, but that she splits meals with her child. Yeah, I like that advice too. That was good. Yeah, that, that makes sense because, you know, restaurant meals are – depending on where you go, restaurant meals are often oversized. I'm thinking about the places I like to eat out. I mean some of them – in the fine dining places, of course, the portions are not big. But uh, I wouldn't – I can't see taking a toddler to Sideburns or Cafe <laughs> Ponte anyway. But places like Ella's, which is totally child-friendly, one of my favorite favorite restaurants here that is a nice in place. my neighborhood. Um, we ate there – my partner and I ate there on Thursday night. And I got the bacon and egg pizza, which has fried eggs and bacon on it. I mean, that thing could have, that could have easily, like, if I had a small child there who was eating part of that pizza, I wouldn't have noticed in the amount of leftovers I had. Yeah. It wouldn't have made a significant difference. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, the meal would have cost exactly the same amount. So, you know, that's, that's, that's helpful. That's helpful feedback. So, we had people telling us to stop worry. We had people giving Basically, us good, yeah. uh, good inside advice. Now and then, also people are saying that yeah, you're gonna you're gonna lose sleep, but but you know blah blah blah. I could take it. Why can't you? Kind of kind of thing. Well, you know, one part of that just to just to I don't know, just to address that the whole idea of you know I guess suck it up because you're gonna lose sleep, but if I can do it, you can do it. And that seems to be one of the one of the comments. You know, we're not getting any younger, Jody. I don't know if you've noticed. Yeah, I've, I've noticed. Yeah, I have noticed. I I think that um, my sleep needs have changed, and my more specifically, my ability to function without sleep is um, <laughs> is declining. I <laughs> I uh, I used to be able to suck it up and perform on minimal sleep, and I just uh, I'm not sure I have that ability anymore, or at least not to the extent I did in my twenties. Have you noticed that? Um. I've always, well, I've definitely always preferred lots of sleep, and even when I was younger, I I, I still didn't do all that well on on little to no sleep. So that's a kind of a wash for me. Yeah. Okay. I do. What does worry me about getting older, though, is like it. It seems to matter now when that sleep occurs. It used to not matter. I could you know, be huh. completely nocturnal or not, and it didn't matter, or just, you know, yeah. catch uh, catch a few winks when I could. Now it's like, oh, uh, it's kind of late. I need to go to bed in five minutes. I'm I'm about to, you know, completely crash. <laughs> well, you know, that actually, that might, if, you know, we imagine you with a hypothetical, um, what do we call them? Child? Child. No- uh, if we imagine you with a, with a child, that actually might work to your advantage, the fact that you need some regularity because isn't that a thing with kids they you know schedules and stuff they they do better with them yeah i think I so it seems uh, to be what people say yeah but I, I i'm sure there's also kids that no matter what you do will not be scheduled yeah yeah the idea that you're gonna you're gonna get the kid on your schedule i think is a little naive um i, I from what I've heard from people who have young kids, it's uh, you you don't you don't get to just dictate terms. Um, it's not that it's a negotiation; it's more like experimentation. You you have to you have to just you have to figure it out. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think the sleep thing would would be hard for me, especially. I mean, God, the worst, the absolute worst thing. Okay, one of the five worst things about my job is that uh, uh, I get up at quarter to six in the morning. Yes, it happens very early. It begins early, and uh, yeah, and that would be difficult if every night I was up, you know, three or four times a night dealing with a small person. That would be annoying. You know, that for me isn't a big. It, it, it's not a, it's not a deal breaker 
because I do other things like th there are things I do now and this is this is almost leading into the percentages which we'll get back to in, I, I, which we'll get to in a moment there are things I do now where I trade sleep and restedness for experiences I want to have let's put it that way <laughs> you know I, I make I make decisions that make my mornings harder but make my evenings more fun and if I made the very big decision to, you know, be a parent, well, that would be a trade-off, but it's not a deal-breaker for me. Yeah, so you've got some flexibility there. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's what I'm saying. Before we get to the percentages, two more things that stuck with me from the feedback. From TCLP, she wrote a really... A really what I, I, I honestly I felt like this was a really powerful email. Um I only read it this morning because it came to your robot and not mine and, and I just saw it this morning. Yeah. But I I you know, this I, I felt I found this this whole email pretty moving. Um I won't read it or or get into to every detail, but she was saying that in her mind, the thing worth worrying about is uh well, money, first of all, but that the the most important thing worth worrying about uh, was whether or not you were going to raise a good person. <laughs> you know what? What all the and all the various functional components of how you instill the the right values, and you don't just successfully raise a person who is alive. You create a good person, and I would add maybe you know smart, critical thinking, uh, useful, intelligent, funny. Uh, these are the these are the things I would want my child to be, and you know how do you make sure that happens? And I think that if you listen back, and I know you listened to last week's show, and so did I. We we both are we we both are a little uh, maybe even cocky about that. Oh, interesting. Like neither of us is particularly worried about that. Yeah. What do you think? Do you think we're overconfident there, or do you think we're just, you know... It could be. Uh, I mean, it, it's clear that we are worrying about some of the wrong things, so maybe maybe we are overconfident there. Maybe. I don't know. I think that, I think that, that to her main point, yes, absolutely, that is the most important thing to be concerned about, but... I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna double down. I'm gonna say that that is, that's gonna be okay. Like, you know, my partner and I are gonna, are gonna do okay there. You know, we're not gonna do a perfect job, but in terms of, you know, values and ethics and, and creating a, you know, a quality, <laughs> a person of a certain quality, I think that, um, I think we're gonna be okay there. All right. Well, uh, I've held on to my 5% for a while now. Should I go ahead yeah. and lay it down? Yeah, okay. So um, I, I got your card right here. Just to recap, for you had 15% on money worries, worries around money. You had a full 60% on the pinned down category, meaning that once you had a child, the trajectory, trajectory of your life would be fixed in a way that disturbed you. Yes. You had a hard, a tough 10% on food and 10% on sleep and uh, 0% on your fitness as a father and uh, worries about parenting styles between you and your partner. So if you add that up, I get 95%. So that's the missing 5%. What do you want to do with it, Jody? You've had a All week. right. The missing 5% of uh, my worriedness I, it came out in a conversation that I have with my spouse after our last episode, uh, which was I, I'm worried about her physical well-being through all of this. Hmm. You know, there's there's always chances of something something going weird. That's true. So, yeah, that's that's where the that's what I was that's what I was holding on to for my extra five percent. You know, then there's the other there's the the non-zero probability of having a child with issues right sure like i don't want to i don't want to get weird but i guess we're both kind of assuming that the child this hypothetical child will be uh you know biologically uh typical 
and you know not atypical or afflicted with any particular syndromes and that you know shoot i didn't really carve out any percentages for that but um hmm i might have to do a quick uh a quick re uh, rehash on mine yeah uh, sorry i didn't mean to to readjust you there damn <sighs> okay so let me let me look at my list here so i i as i said i would do last week i took a second run at my percentage list my first try to recap was uh i i said 60% of my worry was about money 20% was about um st- relationship stability and 20% was about my fitness as a father much of which had to do with drinking and then of course i realized that that 60% about money that that actually a lot of that was not about money for the kid a lot of that about was about lifestyle issues for myself so okay i took a second run at the percentage list this adds up to 100% but i'm i'm thinking now that i might have to i might have to make some adjustments here in real time so just to get the hard part out of the way I'm still stuck with about 20% of worry, uh, of fear. 20% of my fear is still about my, my, God, it's so hard to say out loud. 20% of my fear is about my drinking and my fitness as a parent because of that and whether or not, um, whether or not that'll change. Uh, when I have a child, as, as some of our commenters, some of the people who gave us feedback said uh, that it that it would do. Some people said that it, it probably wouldn't, uh, and I'm, I just don't know. But I, I do know that the idea of having a young child, you know, middle school age or, or whatever, and the, the whole picture of, like, the drunk dad on the couch that's an ugly picture and uh, I, I don't want to be that guy and I, I you know <sighs> yeah so anyway there's so you still got 20% there I got 20% there um, okay from there it gets easier so then I took that 60% about money and I exploded it some and I decided 25% of my fear was about having less money to spend on me so less money for new shiny things, as we put it last week. Um, okay. You know, I, I won't get to go shooting three times a week, which is actually quite an expensive hobby. Uh, <laughs> I'm 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 trying to ignore how much I'm spending every week on on that. So yeah, less money to spend on me is is a big one. Then twenty percent I put for I put on having enough money for the kid and for the things that the kid needs. Okay. And, you know, that includes everything from, you know, baby clothes to college. I, I stuck with 20% on the stability of my relationship with my partner. And and then I, I took the, the last 15% and put it with uh, – and labeled it other lifestyle changes. And that involves, you know, sleeping, eating – um, how often I get to take vacations and what, what I get to do on my vacations and and the general sense of tied downedness that that you were talking about. I, I put that all in that last fifteen percent. So okay. that's that's my current thinking on on the one hundred percent of my fear. Except that now I'm realizing that <laughs> there's more to be scared of. There's also <laughs> there's also there's also the chance that luck of the draw you you have a child with some special needs and um you know, it's not that that's I'm not going to say that that's something I couldn't handle, but I'm also be hard though. I'm also not the sort of person who believes that, you know, oh god doesn't give you anything you can't handle. Uh you know. <laughs> yeah. So I I I yeah, it could be awfully that could be awfully difficult. And when you have a sort of picture in your mind, which obviously we both do, of what it's going to be like raising the little person that, you know, that we're both imagining, well, that whole picture could go out the window with uh, a few words from a doctor on the, you know, the, the morning of your daughter's birth. I mean, that could be a it really could, tough, that could be a really tough day. Could change a lot, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, that's kind of scary to think about. But, you know, you don't want to worry too much about the wrong things. Um, the, the probabilities of, of various sorts of, you know, conditions, birth defects, syndromes, these things are, are, are known to a large extent and they're not, they're not super high. You know, we're not talking like 30, 40%. We're, we're talking about single digit percentages, um, or, or less, much less in most cases. So, but the, but, you know, definitely non-zero probabilities of, uh, things going biologically bad, badly, or suboptimal, anyway. All right. Well, um, as is often his, uh, his habit, our friend, the 10 gallon hat man, cut through a lot of the stuff and asks, well, we've talked about our fears and concerns and worries, but do we actually want kids? And I actually got a similar question from your wife. Um, hmm. You know, is, is are we having these discussions because we really do want kids or because we feel like we're supposed to have kids? Yeah. So, yeah, way to pierce the veil, Jono. Um, <laughs> um, well, well, okay. We're, we're getting pretty, pretty long today. Um, so maybe we don't have maybe we don't have time for this. Maybe we need some follow up to our follow up. <laughs> uh, as much as I hate to say that, you know, I um on on the surface, I think you asked that question in the right way. I think that that's an interesting question and um, and it's an important question. My first reaction to that question is that we wouldn't be having this discussion if we didn't want kids yeah what do you think well um my first reaction was a, a double take actually that oh no you're right i did leave that question out but while i i can't really put good solid reasons to why i why i do want to have a family i want to increase the size of my family that I think I actually do. I've been thinking about it for long enough that, um, yeah, I, I do. Okay. Yeah. Um, why is this stuff so hard, Jody? Why is it so hard to say this stuff out loud? <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. It is weird. But, uh, I don't know. People really liked to hear it last time. So, hey, yeah. a little, a little more for you. I think, um, yeah. So, you know, we're all... Just because of who we are, you and I, I mean, we're all talking about <laughs> math and percentages and, um, and, and, you know, trying to figure out the, uh, you know, how much we should logically be afraid of certain things. And it, it, that is very much like us to, to downplay the whole art, you know, the whole area of feelings on the subject. And I think that, well, clearly we both have feelings on the subject and it feels like, I don't know. Ugh, so hard to say this stuff out loud. It feels like maybe, feels like maybe I want to, I want to be a dad. Nice. I also think that if it didn't work out, for one way, for one reason or the other, I would be okay with it. I can, you know, I can, I'm not gonna consider myself or my life a failure if it doesn't happen. So, I, and I'm glad about that because I know that um, this is something that weighs heavily on people and it's, and I don't think it's gonna, <laughs> who's to say for certain, right, until you get there, but I don't think it's going to be emotionally crippling for me if it doesn't work out but i do have the feeling that yeah if if the opportunity presents itself if things uh uh if things go that way then yeah yeah i want to i want to give it a shot i want to be a dad cool what about you yeah i think overall it'll be fun yeah um, my partner said, remember last week, I, I said that, that I had been saying, 
you know, I, I had the, the, the dude solution, which is let's pick a, let's, let's mark a window on the calendar and, um, and pull the plug, so to speak. And, uh, you know, give it, give it a, give it a run. And then if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. My, my partner said that she, she wants to do two windows, two different windows. Like she wants, because she wants to get pregnant at a certain time of the year. That's funny. So have does, you thought so at does, all about this? Yeah, so does my wife, actually. So do you, have you read that Malcolm Gladwell book? I think it's Outliers. I have not. You have not? I thought you read that. I've heard it's good, though. It is good. But in the, in the book, he does uh, an analysis of uh, – he looks at a couple of different sports. But I think he looks at the like Premier League soccer or maybe he's looking at like an Italian football league or something because the data was available. I don't remember. But he looks at uh, some soccer league in Europe and finds that a statistically huge number of the players have birthdays within this like like six week range. Oh, like a very okay. like a very odd number of the players. Like you know. 65 or 70% have birthdays in the same six-week range because if you're born in this time, it affects when you start school and it makes you one of the oldest kids in the class. And being one of the oldest kids in the class makes you physically more capable than the peers against whom you're pitted when you when you start playing sports. And, and these are the people who get through a, a you know, a compounding selection process the best kids are picked for the the select league and then the best kids from the select yeah. league go on to the university league and the best kids from the university league play pro so through this this uh this successive selection process the kids who are picked tend to be uh the kids who are just you know physically bigger and 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 thus faster and stronger and they have this this physical advantage. And he went on to show that the advantage is not just physical. It doesn't just apply to sport, that it applies to other things, uh, intellectual pursuits as well. So being one of the oldest kids in your school class is a huge advantage. So when you think about that, it matters when you get pregnant. I hadn't thought about it from that angle. Well, what angle were you talking about it from? Uh, my partner does not want to be heavily pregnant during the summer when it's hot. Uh, I see. I don't know. Maybe that's more of a functional component there. I'm not sure. Well, I mean, you know, again, of course, this, this is two dudes talking about having kids and neither of us has to carry <laughs> the baby for nine months. So, yeah, yeah, it would be easy to, um, it would be easy to downplay those, those concerns of physical comfort, but then we're not the ones who have to deal with it. So, hmm. So when is when is the uh, you know I'm actually the required birthday to have a professional footballer. I am I'm trying to figure I this out. I'm on the spot there. I'm sorry. I know. Never mind. Well, I should have I should have looked this up ahead of time. So you know, my partner uh, she got on my case because I said I was going to figure this out and figure out exactly when she should get pregnant. You're going to get the horoscopes out. Yeah, right? of course, because it's all down to the the movement of Jupiter. Exactly. Yeah, I think Mercury is in retrograde right now. That's important. Yeah, I was uh, I was supposed to figure this out, and I I realized I should have definitely done so before bringing it up on the show. And I, uh, I this is gonna have to be part of next week's follow up because I just did a quick Google search, and I'm gonna have to do a slightly deeper dive on this to figure it out. Next week, I uh, next week we will uh, we will talk about when Malcolm Gladwell says you should have a baby. How about that? Yeah, that's perfect. Okay, um, because yeah, you can't you can't not listen to that that guy's hair. Right. Right. He has authoritative hair. Yeah. No question. So, um, on to this week's topic. Um, oh. <laughs> can't. No, we can't. No, we no, have to no. punt. Yeah, yeah. We're punting for sure. All right. Well, so it's been another At Least You're Trying all follow-up episode. Yeah. Dedicated listeners, please tally those up and let us know how many we've had. I think this I think- makes three. I'm not sure. Okay. It's two or two or three. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, this is, you know, we have we managed to make a good episode and, and we have a lot of follow-up, so that's yeah. that's just what happens. 
that's what happens. This is what happens, Jody. I, I don't think um, it's it's you know, I don't think it's anything to be worried about. Uh, clearly, clearly, people wanted to hear from us on this topic. So, and and once again, one last time, we really do appreciate all the feedback and uh, and and the letters. And honestly, Jody, I I feel like I feel emboldened by the feedback. That is a good word for it. It's emboldening. There. Yes. Uh, Italicizing, there were, even. <laughs> there are definitely some uh, some parts of our potential support network that were highlighted that I I hadn't really been you know thinking about before. So thank yeah. you, everybody. Yeah, yeah, I know just what you mean. I guess now the the world is waiting to see uh, <laughs> to see what we what we do with it. Have you have you talked more with your partner about? you know, moving forward with this project? Yeah, we've had a few more conversations about it. It's nothing finalized at the moment, sure. but okay. it's we've, been, we've definitely been talking about it more lately, so it's good. Yeah. Yeah, at least you're trying may have a whole second meaning soon. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs>